but yeah, you should listen to that part. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that little riff. All right, I think we're good to go. Nine eighty eight. About to be live and in charge. I, I trust that we're recording. We are. And you can hear me well. I can. All right, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 988 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, November 23rd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing well. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the uh, the food that comes along with that. So Excited. Excited for that. Um, same. We got the Christmas tree up. I uh, I fought. I fought hard, but it, it didn't didn't work. Are you, are you like an anti-Christmas person? No, no, not at all. Not not an anti-Christmas person. I'm an anti-Christmas creep. You know, it, it pushing itself uh, uh, further and further into November. So I'm like, you know, we we can put it up Thanksgiving weekend or the weekend after that. But it's up this weekend. It does look great. I love how it uh, lights up the room that it's in. No, I, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, Christmas lights and putting the ornaments on the tree. I got a bunch of those Hallmark uh, sports figure ones. I, I, I love those. So I got I got a Barry Bonds one off the internet last year that really uh, that really brings the tree together. So no, I, it's it's not that I'm anti. It's just I thought maybe it was a little early. But you know what? It ain't harming anybody. So um, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. Should be fun. But we got baseball to talk about. And, you know, we continue to get some movement. I know we all expected this offseason to be painfully slow. Um, it's been a pretty standard one. I don't. I wouldn't say it's been overly fast either, but it's just been kind of a lot more normal than I think we would expect. Um, and I'm actually changing the very top thing because I forgot that this is actually something that we haven't discussed. So we will talk about Justin Verlander re-signing with Houston first on a, uh, a one-year deal, which... It kind of makes sense, right? I know there was a lot of talk of, oh, will he go back to Detroit? But it seems like going somewhere where he's comfortable, one of those two teams made the most sense. So he gets a $25 million deal from the from the, uh, from the the Astros. That's where he's headed. I think it's a, a good fit. Where are you on his health, though? 38-year-old coming off the uh, coming off the TJ. I think he was like throwing 97, 98 in a little, in a little tune-up. Are you back in on Justin Verlander? Uh, not compared to the market. So well, where where do you got him? Where you got him in the most recent rank? By the way, you're updating your you're already on second run of ranks. Yeah. So folks want to kind of see how you're moving with things. I love that you're that you're already on the second run. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've already got. Let's see, catcher uh, first, second, and short will be up by the time anybody can listen to this. Uh, for, for the second time, right? For the second Those time, all second and then runs, yeah. yeah, tomorrow the second run of third base and outfield goes up, and as we talk outfield, that may change. Uh, as as we talk, I'm sure I will move guys up or down, depending on our conversations today. But uh, Verlander, um, I have it 59, um, and got... the market currently has him at 60, but you have to factor in closers. Uh, I do not have to factor in closers because on the ranks you can sort by the ADP, and I've taken out all the uh, all the relievers. So, oh, so, so where, so where is he? Where is he among just starters? Uh, he is fiftieth. 
Okay, okay. I was going to say so take out about 10 actually, closers. That's actually uh, lower than um, I kind of thought. I, I figured he'd be going higher than that. I, I think it's I think it's really uh, draft dependent right now. You know, I, we see he has a min of one hundred and five. Uh, so there, if there's a person that really likes him in the draft, they're kind of plucking him early. Otherwise, I think he is kind of living in that one hundred and fifty to two hundred range a bit more right now. Verlander is, but we know when once somebody signs, they inherently move up mm-hmm. a bit. And then a guy like this, who people probably just need some confidence in his health. He stands to go up quite a bit. If you like Justin Verlander, fall uh, fall and winter drafting should be your mo. If you if you're trying to load up on him, don't know if you ever should be loading up on a 38 year old starter. But if you if you really believe in him, and you think he can be like a number one, number two type guy for fantasy, then you should be drafting a ton in the in the fall and winter because you're going to get him at a much better price. Because if he comes out once he comes out in spring and shows that he's himself, it's over. He's going to mm-hmm. skyrocket. Yeah. I, I mean, I I hope he's good. I want him to be good. I, I love watching Justin Verlander pitch. I just, I really don't like Tommy John returning guys. Uh, mm-hmm. 18, 18 months. That makes it a little bit better. And that, that's why it's somewhat palatable. But, and I mean, once I start seeing him on a mound in spring, I may start singing a different tune and pushing him up my ranks. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm likely going to stay away from him I'm gonna stay away from uh Cindergaard, uh probably stay yeah. away from Severino. Uh, I think I've got Severino the highest out of the out of the trio, but uh probably not gonna be drafting any of those guys on, on very many teams this year. Yeah, I mean I'll probably get it on Verlander at the discount, at least a little. Um I'm with you on TJ Returners, generally speaking. I do like the eighteen month uh, a lot more than than when it's closer to the year. Uh, that is that is a big difference for me, but I'm not going to load up on on either of the, any of those three really. I'm interested in a little bit of Thor. I got Thor at the Arizona Fall League. In fact, I think I got Verlander too. So you know, I got I got an early share of both of them, and maybe maybe that's all I need. But we'll see how it goes. He resigns there with Houston. Makes sense. Another one that makes a lot of sense as a resigning was Anthony Descofani back to your Giants. In fact, they're also talking to uh, Alex Wood to re-sign him and potentially bringing in Alex Cobb. And I can't think of three moves that make more sense. Like, it's just basically Descofani, um, uh, the Cobb thing is kind of repeating that, uh, just as Alex Wood would be from, like, the left side. These guys all fit well. They need to be in parks that are a bit more spacious. They've all been uh, prone to home run issues at times, especially Descofani and Cobb. Um, but but Alex Wood here and there too, uh, when he when his ground ball isn't as effective. But that has not been the case. Uh, the most recent year, he was great for the, for the Giants. Cobb was actually low key quite good with the Angels, and if he could find some health, I think this is a great fit for him. But let's talk about the one they do have right now, Desclafani. I think Wood's back. official too. Wood's official. Okay, yeah. so they do have two officially, and then they're talking to Cobb. Um, but Desclafani coming off of a career year, three seventeen ERA, one oh nine WHIP. Like I said, home runs, his biggest issue besides health. He did find at least a, a measure of health with 31 starts. You take that all day. Do you like him re-signing here with the Giants? And is he somebody that you'll, that you'll go back and get? Uh, absolutely. I mean, this is about as good of a landing spot than he as he can get. Um, and uh, I mean, I love it as a Giants fan. And I love it uh, for Descalfoni's fantasy value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's, there's very few 
better parks in, in baseball than, than San Francisco's. Uh, he seemed very comfortable there. I mean, you look at the home road splits. Uh, for him, he was, you know, uh, he was extremely comfortable. Only gave up four home runs of his 19 home runs at home in 2021. So that's, that's what was huge. And then he did give up 15 on the road, but still managed a 322 ERA. So it didn't even kill him on the road. And I was actually talking, um, I was just on the CBS pod with, with Frank Stanfield. Great time talking with him. And we were talking about this Descalfani move. And I mentioned that there is a world, especially in 10 and 12 teamers, where somebody manufactured an even better ERA here just by avoiding his Dodger starts. Mm -hmm. I was because just about you, to say, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, like you would have avoided of two his, of his worst. Yeah, five of his uh, home runs uh, on the road, five of his 15 were at L.A. Let me get the numbers here real quick because he gave up he gave up 22 earned runs to them, and okay, so then that'll be 140 and two thirds. Yeah, 2.34 ERA if you just sat out the Dodger starts because the 10 earned run one is doing a lot of work. But then there was another two and two thirds, uh, four run one against them, and then there were a couple good ones that you would have missed. But if you just blindly followed that, um. Yeah, you'd have missed six shutout innings. Okay, fine. But four and two-thirds, two, six and three, five and three, two and two-thirds, and four, two and two-thirds, and ten. If you just said no Dodgers and no at Colorado, you you could have gotten it down even further with no at Colorado, probably closer to like a 220. So if that's how you approach Descalfani next year, just, just commit to it. Just say no Dodgers, either home or away, and no uh, at Colorado. And I think you have a good chance of getting another great ERA. He might not be a 317 guy again, but you can probably get it down to a low threes just by avoiding those two scenarios with him. And, uh, you know, it was really impressive to watch him break out. We've been watching this guy for a while. You know, was a big Descalfani fan back in Cincinnati. And nice to see it kind of uh, really come together here for him. And being with the Giants is huge. Yeah, I mean, it, there's just no better landing spot for him. You know, he was a guy that I was kind of uh, dreading having to drop in my ranks once he signed. Uh, and so not having to drop him and actually raising him up one spot. Uh, he's my 44th or sorry, 43rd starting pitcher uh, on, on my on my ranks. So, uh, yeah, I believe in him a lot. He's going to be on a lot of my teams again this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd been waiting to kind of see where he was going to sign. And now that he's back. With San Francisco, he's in my top 50 as well. I think just a couple spots lower than you, but uh, I'm in. I'm in for the Descalfani experience. Uh, Sandy Alcantara is nearing an extension with the Marlins. Looks like they're going to buy up some of Zarb years. Um, you know, his second half was really next level and I think put him atop the uh, the trio of excellence that they have there with him, Pablo Lopez, and Trevor Rogers especially as Lopez was dealing with injury and Rodgers was just kind of meandering through the second half while uh, while Alcantara was kind of breaking out, particularly with his strikeout rate. He had four double-digit strikeout games in the second half. And even though he had an, a 10-run outing at Coors, he still had a 334 ERA in that second half. So imagine, again, if you just said, hey, no Coors, you could have, you could have had an even better ERA. Um, and I understand it, people who... Just blindly do that. They say, I'm not going to take any shots in Coors. Um, you're never going to go broke doing that. You're going to miss an occasional good start, 
but you're going to miss a lot of duds. So I don't know how many people were doing that with Alcantara. He was coming off of seven shutout innings with 10 strikeouts at the Yankees or versus the Yankees. I bet a lot of people said, you know what? I'm going to roll with it because Alcantara has been so hot and they got burned. But then he closed brilliantly from that point forward. Uh, that August 6th start, Alcantara had a 221 ERA and 69 very nice innings with 80 strikeouts in 10 starts. So he's nearing an extension there. Is he your number one Marlin starter right now? Uh, I believe so. Uh, double check that, but I can't imagine there's anybody I have above him in the Marlins. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Trevor Rogers. I've got 22. Uh, Alcantara, I've got at 10. Yeah, I've got uh, him at 7, so we're, we're both high on him. Yeah, I mean, as long as he continues to throw the slider the way he did in the second half, uh, there's no reason to think he can't, uh, you know, put up similar numbers uh, in in 2022, especially because the Marlins just let him go. Like they, yeah, I was going to say, two 200 inning seasons essentially. There was yeah. one. There was 197 in the third. I'm giving him credit on that. So back to back, if you if you just kind of put 2020 to the side, uh, as far as full seasons go. He's a workhorse out there. He's only going to be 26 next year. I love Alcantara. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be a monster. Great save to pick pitch in. Uh, you know, I'm not as afraid of the NL East as I am uh, other divisions. Uh, there's just so many reasons to like him. I think he kind of represents the end of like the the real ace tiers, like the the one A aces. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or you could you probably make the. Uh, uh, the argument, maybe he's a 1B ace, but uh, yeah, I, I like Alcantara a lot. Uh, I'd love to see a little bit more gains in the strikeouts, uh, in the strikeout rate, but... Don't, don't be surprised if the second half is leading to that, though. Yeah. Like I said, he had four four double-digit games there. You know, big credit to Nick Pollock, too. He, he was somebody that was on Alcantara all year last year, and, I, and I, I'll be honest, and I told him as much, I was like, I think you're overranking him here kind of in the middle of the season, and he was betting on the come, like, I'm seeing the skills, it has to deliver more here, I'm not just going off of what's happened, and I respect that, he was, he was kind of making his call in season, and it did come to fruition there with an excellent second half, and I, I think Alcantara has all the pieces to be a stud, and if they get a little bit better, he'll he'll start racking up the wins to go with it, because he does have six and nine the last two years, which isn't terribly nice uh, when you're going 32 and 33 starts, respectively, again, putting 2020 off to the side there. Um, but yeah, if he keeps those strikeout gains going, continues to be a workhorse, and they get a little bit of improvement, I think we're seeing 13-plus wins, great ERA, great whip, and another 200 plus strikeouts. He did reach 201 this year because of that volume of innings at 205 and two thirds. So I like Alcantara. You do too. Uh, we're both pretty keen on him. Let's go much further down the list. You might not have even rank this guy, but uh, he's getting he's getting another shot. Pretty much going from one team that people kind of inherently trust to another when it comes to like reclamations. Brent Honeywell traded over to the Oakland A's. He's 27 now. Uh, obviously, expectations aren't high, but he did reach the majors, which in and of itself is an achievement for all the injuries that he's gone through. He has really grinded it out. Um, he's one of those guys, though, that I think still could be something. Uh, I don't think you have to take any sort of gamble with it. You probably don't even have to draft him, except maybe an AL only. But is Brent Honeywell someone you're still keeping tabs on, especially nowadays with Oakland? Probably not. Um, I mean... Yeah, yes, in the in the you know Oakland believes in him apparently. So mm-hmm. uh, 
that is always important that the team that, you know, uh, a team like the Oakland A's, who seem to be a pretty sharp team in terms of developing pitching, uh, you know, believes in a guy like this and, and feels like they can get something out of him. Uh, I mean, I was impressed, you know, when I got to see him pitch in the majors, you know, in the little four stint. And I, I know, like, the, the service stats look atrocious, but it was 4.1 innings, so let's not yeah. overrate that. Uh, you know, he's got just, you know, a kitchen sink arsenal. Um, when the command is on, he can be really effective. I just, you know, he, he goes from Tampa Bay East to Tampa Bay West. More or less, yeah. On a team that you know, probably isn't going to let him go deep into games uh, if he is starting uh, at the beginning of the season. But there's a chance he's probably not starting at the beginning of the season, goes down to the minor leagues. Uh, I think they'd let him go more than Tampa Bay, though. Tampa Bay definitely puts mm -hmm. the, the tight it's, grip on guys. Oakland might let him get more in the uh, in the five-inning range more consistently, I think, if he's ready, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean... I think he's a guy you kind of monitor, especially if it looks like he's going to make the opening day roster. And mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. He's out of options. He's got to make the opening day he's roster. He's got to. And so, so, you know, this is – they're they're going for it here with him, and they, they think that they have a spot for him. And I think that's – a weird team. Like, I just don't understand uh, what they're doing. They don't either. You yeah. know, I, I, I made a joke the other day, like when I posted their roster review, it was on Friday when I was getting a root canal. And I was like, it's fitting that I did that because they're going to root canal their damn roster. Um, like they're going to trade I, away the little offense that they have in Matt Olson. They're, they're going to do what they always do. And though. they have a ton of pitching. They push the cycle back a little bit. Uh, you know, the Donaldson one flopped. But usually this move where they kind of trade somebody big uh, has worked for them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'll see what they get, but it looks like they're going to trade Olsen for sure. I still think trading Chapman on the low end would be a bad idea. I think Olsen can get enough to to really give them something quite yeah, substantial. Yeah, no, they should try to hold on to Chapman and try to recoup the offensive value there. Um, and who knows? I mean, you know, even maybe try to compete, you know. They, they, you know, Loriano will be back after I think he's missing, like, the first 20 games of the season. And, mm -hmm. um, you know... It's an interesting offense beyond that, though. When oh, I say interesting, that's my polite gross. way of saying bad. It's not good, man. Tony and Kemp leading off. Elvis, Elvis Andrews. <laughs> like like Seth Brown hitting fifth. Seth Brown's going to be their cleanup hitter once they trade back. Oh, <laughs> God, it's so bad. And, like, you know, prospect Nick Allen should be up and can take over for Andrews, but he doesn't hit. Like that's not that's not his thing. He can pick it. So you know this might be a down year. And that's the thing too. Like Oakland, you go look at their history. They they compete often, but it's not always. They do have down years, and and oftentimes those are bottom outs. They don't go like a hundred losses, but they do finish last. Like they were last in 2016 and 17. This is a hundred loss offense without without. It, it, right now it is yes like it's... yes. Um, but but since 18 they've gone second, second, first, and then third in the division. I think they're headed for another fourth or fifth here, um, and then they have to build up for, for 23. But I'm just kind of eager to see what they do. Are they going to trade some of these arms as well because they're all 27, 28 or older? They should. Um, I mean, I think they probably Manaya should. and Bassett are belief free agents after 
It's got to be coming up for some some of these guys. So they have a lot of decisions to make. Um, But Honeywell, interesting pickup, at least somebody to keep an eye on. That, that I'll be uh, that I'll be rooting for. I'm, again, I'm not drafting him anyway. You don't have to, but I'm I'm eager to see what he can do. And you're right, Manaya and Bassett, uh, free agents after 2022. So it'd be a good time to trade them now. And then last bit of news: Quinn Frazier, Rudnett Odor, and Tyler Wade all got DFA'd. Um, I, I kind of brought this Wade up. Wade got traded to LA. Yeah, Wade, Wade was was officially handled, so he's he's moving to the Angels. Mm-hmm. That's the right LA, right? Yep. And then I think Frazier is a fit for Oakland because uh, because we're talking about them. I, I kind of kept these two pieces of news right by each other. I think Oakland should be interested in him. Take that's the kind of reclamation. Be well, a, a lot of teams should be. You're you're not wrong there, but but with where they're at and what they're doing, um, trying to build off of what a a what he'll be twenty seven see if they can build off what he did in 19 and 20 and, and kind of capture the good of Clint Frazier. I think he's a fit there. And then what about Odor? Do you have any interest in him? Now that Wade's landed, Frazier and Odor are to be signed. Do any of them give you mixed league value next year that you're interested in? Uh, if Frazier's healthy, I think he gives mixed league value. Uh, I mean, he, he's shown ability. Um, apparently he's kind of a clubhouse cancer. So, uh, that may be a problem, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a ton of talent in the bat. The question is and, like, like what the hell is going on with him? I mean, I wonder if it's a little bit more that like he Frazier's a clubhouse problem for the team that he's on. I think just because he's a bit more outspoken and that's like not necessarily appreciated on a Yankees team. Well, but this was the reason why like people were okay with getting rid of him from Cleveland. Uh, was because see there were clubhouse issues there too. What was he doing there? Uh, I, I, I this is just what I've heard from. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 don't, I I don't know. It, I, maybe you know. I'm missing some things, and and please alert me if I am, folks. I don't want to be caving for somebody who's a bad dude, but I feel like he's getting a little bit of a bad rap. He might be because he kind of like he, he speaks up for himself, and then it's like shut up and play, and it's like I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see. Again, I I. I I don't know of any like off the field trouble. I don't think he's been. Yeah, he doesn't seem like uh, depicted as a bad dude on that end. So just being a little bit of a loud mouth. I don't know. As a loud mouth, I guess I'm a little bit more <laughs> amenable to that. Um, and, and maybe that's what it is. But uh, with with Wade, 17 steals last year, 268 average, no homers. Uh, does he find enough burn in 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 Anaheim with, with the Angels? Oh, with, uh, Anaheim <laughs> with L.A. the Angels uh, to give you any interest uh as of right this minute yes uh because he's slated to have a starting role yeah that's probably going to change my guess is the angels are one of the teams on these big shortstops uh and they'll get bias yeah by i think bias would be great for them but they seem to be a team that uh wants to go out and spend uh right now they have to because i mean they have two of the best players the game has ever seen and they need to figure out something. Well, them. Andrew Heaney's no longer there. Oh my god, I hate you so much. <laughs> that was very well done. All right, let's move to the outfield. Um, we'll keep an eye on Frazier and Odor, like I said, Wade in Anaheim. I'm saying that again on purpose this time uh, with the Angels. Let's talk ranking questions in the outfield. I'm glad you told me that it was updated because I, I, there were a few things that changed, including one guy that was taken off the list because you moved him down. And I'm like, okay, well, you, you did see the 
what I believe to be the error of your ways um, and, and moved him down. So we don't even have to talk about him. But let's start up near the top here. Your 20th outfielder is Tyler O'Neill. Now, Tyler O'Neill had an excellent season. Uh, there are no, no two ways around it as far as what he was able to do with a 34 homer, 15 stolen base season that included a 286 average, 80 ribbies, 89 runs, just a brilliant breakout from a guy that we'd seen the raw skill with. It was it was plenty evident, but the ability to kind of turn it into anything uh, was spotty because he strikes out a ton, doesn't really walk a ton, meaning uh, he doesn't have a great idea of what he's doing up at the dish in, in terms of uh, uh, pitch deciphering. But he made it work this year. 366 BABIP certainly helped there, and he had the breakout season. You got him at 20th, which says you believe in a lot of what he did. I can't get away from the Domingo Santana, um, uh, Steven Souza vibes of, of this season. Okay, so this is going different than I thought it was going to go. I thought you were going to tell me I have him too low. Nope. But- you're you're pushing back that I am too high. I think it's a bit too high. I'm a bit nervous here. Yeah, okay. On on, on betting full on this profile. Yeah, I'm. Uh, the the reason I don't have him higher is because there are certain parts of the profile that scare the crap out of me, including mm-hmm. the 31 percent strikeout rate uh, that we saw last year, uh, coupled with the the 16 percent swing strike rate. Uh, you know. Which was up from twenty. Yeah, um, you know, another point added. He swings his... out of the zone so effing much. Yeah, thirty-two uh, percent O swing uh, percentage. You know, I mean, seventy-seven percent zone contact percentage, which is right in line with what he did in in twenty twenty. That that's fine for for a guy who is a power hitter and is gonna strike out a fair amount. I, I just think the floor is really. Not, I don't want to say really scary because I think he's going to do enough stuff in terms of stolen bases, uh, you know, and the power that even if he, you know, his average, you know, hits like 230 or something like that, he's still going to return some value. But um, I, I actually can be talked down um, yeah. on him. Uh, I, I, I moved him, I think, up a spot mostly because I moved another guy down. But it's hard because, like, that's it's an area where, you know, after you get past, I want to say the top 19, so, like, right mm-hmm. before you get to Tyler O'Neill, um, in my ranks, like, there's a lot of guys with question marks. Like, you know, I have Stanton 21st. Like, you know, obviously we know the injury history with Stanton. Uh, sure. Byron Buxton, injury history right there. I'm probably the high man on Mount Castle. I've got him at 23. Jesse Winker, injury history. Kettle Marte, injury history. Uh, Brian Reynolds, how much do we believe in 2020? Christian Yelich, is he ever going to be the Christian Yelich? Himself again. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, guys like Cody Ballinger, you know. I mean, there's just so many. <laughs> like, this is why, like, I can totally understand people who are going to take two outfielders in their first five picks. Sure. No, I, I get it because the, there are a lot of question marks. I just think. Decency bias of his excellent season is really going to have folks clouding over what he did prior to that. It just kind of, I think we as a general fantasy community have a tendency that when somebody breaks out, we're like, this is who we expected. Therefore, this is who he is. And we miss a little bit of, of 
still uh, paying some attention to what he did previously. And it was 450 plate appearances spread out over th three years, almost 150 in each of them. They were they were relatively even samples in 18, 19, and 20. Um, but they were they were pretty unappealing. It was 450 plate appearances of, with 21 homers, six steals at 229 average. I think it really gives us a hint to the downside of what can happen. Plus, they have some talent on the horizon that if he was hitting at that level, I don't think he'd be playing every day. Not that he would be out of the lineup, but that maybe some other guys could start to to mix in and take some time, like Olars Newtbar, Awan Yepes. You're making these names up. These are these are yeah. actual guys, and they were at the Arizona Fall League. <laughs> I saw no guys at the Arizona Fall League, so I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. But Yepes was uh, was co-hitter of the AFL along with uh, JJ Bladay, which which excites me. I, I I'm staying bought in on Bladay, even though we've we've heard nothing but, oh, but all negative reports from on Bladay. So I know. scary. I've got him and in I so many times. I, I totally get it. Um, it's just sometimes you have those guys that you're like, I, I see it. I'm not going to overdraft him, but I'm I'm staying bought in. I'm I'm staying on Bladet. And I mentioned after we went to AFL, I mentioned about Cam Meisner, how he's like a poor man's Bladet or or just a cheaper version. So you might want to get get him if you really like Bladet. But after Bladet popped off at the fall league, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm coming back in. But anyway, just with O'Neill, I mentioned those two names: Domingo Santana and Steven Souza. They had seasons. Like his, um, Santana, Santana was just one hurts, hurts a lot, hurts with soul because I mean, he was 24, like it was, yeah. it was right there in that breakout range. Souza was 28, a little bit later. Um, but I think you look at those two guys and you understand what can happen with Tyrone O'Neill. So I will not pay full price for him. I don't think I'll have him anywhere. And he was one of my bold picks last year. This is about changing prices, right? And how much it can change your opinion of a guy in terms of what you want to pay. Because last year, I'm gung-ho. He's a he's a bold prediction. Go get him for dirt cheap. This year, I'm not touching Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, if I'm getting him on the cheaper end of his ADP, then I think I'm okay with it. I probably won't be getting him... Uh, at the higher end, and I mean, I've got, let's see, at least four guys that I can see uh, of ranked above him that are lower in the ADP, so it seems unlikely I'm going to end up with a lot of Tyler O'Neill this year. Yeah, he, he's ranging 40 to 69 so far nice. with his with his min and max, which is which is nice. A 54 ADP, which is the 15th outfielder, so we're both, we're both lower there, and I, I like that you thought I was going to hammer you for for being too low yeah i i mean just with you and i know how much you've loved tyler o'neill in the past uh i do want to mention that like i think his role is safe like even if he struggles just because his defense is so good that uh, certainly helps that so certainly helps. I, I i do think that while the bottom definitely could fall out on a guy like o'neill i think the the floor is is somewhat safe because his defense is so good that he'll he'll get opportunities uh at, at, at 27 he he should be able to, you know, at least get get a full opportunity. So then, if you take those those twenty eighteen to twenty numbers with the four hundred fifty plate appearances and kind of put them over six hundred plate appearances, it's twenty eight homers and eight steals with a two twenty nine, um, yeah, two ninety one, four twenty two. I I could see that. Yeah, and that, I mean that would be fine. Like you know, I mean it's not what you want necessarily as your number two outfielder, uh, but. 
you you'd live with that as opposed to you know a Domingo Santana actual type season. Steamer not doing anything to uh, dissuade folks. Thirty seven and thirteen with ninety nine ribbies and eighty five runs, two fifty three average. And I get it; he's got great skills. This is not a he has no skills take on O'Neill, but it is a I'm not him. paying. You, you no, I'm not paying Absolutely. the full price. You I just I him. just refuse, and I won't do it. I won't mm-hmm. do it. I, I um, so I have him. I'm 28th. All right. Next up, Jesse Winker, 24th. You talk about his injury history. I think the reason I'm pushing back on this one, and I do think this one's a bit too high, is because you look at what he did this past year, and I think it was kind of a high end, um, short of spiking a a healthy year, which could happen. He's still only going to be 28, but I don't think you can pay for you know, uh, 550 plus plate appearances when his peak was 485 and it was this year. And he was only 33rd with what he did this year. So to be up at 24, you're probably just asking for more volume. I doubt you're saying that his skills are going to get better. His skills are great. I have no question about those, but I can't pay a top 25 outfielder price. Um, and the market's at 28. So they're a little bit lower than you as well. Uh, why do you like Winker so much? And, and do you see a what, what what path do you see to improving on what he did this year when he hit 24 homers with a 305, 394, 556 line for Jesse Winker? Uh, I think that the Reds are going to continue to sell pieces and uh, or get rid of pieces, and he's going to have a path to 600 plate appearances. Uh, now the question becomes, can Winker actually rack up 600 plate appearances given his health history? Uh, True. And finishing the year injured. So I think that is the bigger concern, and I probably am too high on him. But again, like I said, like this is a like an area of the outfielder ranks where it's like, well, who do I put above him? Mm-hmm. Um, especially because we're about to talk about another guy who you're going to push back that I am too high. Push right way now. back. Yeah, and, and you're probably right because I'm way higher than ADP right now. Uh, on uh, on Mr. Eddie Rosario as well. Uh, but like, everybody in this area has injury issues. Um, you know. True, true. There are, there are concerns, and, and, and you just highlighted it on the on the first one that we were talking about with O'Neal. But I still think, you, you know, you got to look at some of these guys and or maybe just finagling guys a little bit here and there, five, ten spots between each other. I, and I, I like Winker. I really do, but he still hasn't shown the ability to handle lefties. So even if you did get those 600 plate appearances, some of them would be duds unless he figured out lefties for a year. And then his health has really never been there to where you can project that. So you're paying if you're drafting him where you're ranking him, you're paying for something that hasn't happened. And that's my concern. All right. I'm moving him down. Okay. To 34. Um, okay. So down cool. that, 10 that's... spots. God, that's gross. Um, we're, we're right in line then. So, uh, man, like like I said, this area of the outfielders, um, outfield in general, like, is... It's a bit dodgy. It's it's gross. Like, I I think at FPAS, I took... Yeah, I did. I, I took two outfielders with my first three picks. Um, and uh, I don't feel bad about that. Uh, no, I like like the lower end outfielders. Like there's some really interesting guys going late, and so, but man, that those middle tiers of outfielder is going to be really gross this year. And 
some of them will break out, but the questions surrounding so many of them makes it hard to identify who that will be. And um, again, you hinted at who our next guy is, and you got Eddie Rosario, 28th. Are you a Braves fan? Did you did you switch allegiances and you're just yeah. drunk? I've drunk always off been of an Eddie, uh, Eddie, Eddie Rosario guy. I, I call him Eddie O. I've known him yeah, for so long. Because you guys we, are such we, good friends yeah. that you, you call him Eddie O. Now, Eddie O had a, had a little 14 and 11 season last year. 14 homers, 11 steals in 111 games. Um, 259, 305, 435. Basically a league average hitter with, with a double-double. That's fine. Um, he was devastating in the playoffs. I do not deny the excellence that he had, particularly in the LCS. He really wasn't uh, doing much in the other two series, the the DS or the World Series, outside of a couple key hits. But the 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 damage was in that LCS. How's he going to be a top thirty outfielder? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I got to move him down too. This is. Ugh. This is why we do this, though. Yeah. And I, I think I got some guys, because I have a long list here, which we won't get to all of them today, but I think when we do the others on Friday, I think you'll have me pulling pulling some guys down. So mm-hmm. but we're going to trade punches here for sure. I got I got Rosario at 60. 60. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a bit too low for me. Um, I think it's weird because- that he only hit four. 14 home runs. He missed some time. I think that's the thing. He only played 111 games. Um, Cause I mean, he hit 32 in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stat cast stuff on him is just as good, you know? So like, I, I don't understand why the power kind of shrank in the way it did. Like, I, I think he's um, probably a 25, 10 guy. And that's what he was before 19, because even if you're concerned about Rosario with the 2019 uh, ball and you're like, well, you know, I can't I can't really fully buy in because of that. I understand that. But then you can look at the previous years and it was still better than the 14 homers we saw this year, which I think is mostly due to the volume uh, dropping as well. Like a 177 ISO is down from what he had done in in. Honestly, it's it's his worst since 2016. So the power was down a bit for Rosario, too. But. I believe Cleveland is very tough on lefties. And he had a 134 ISO there. It jumped up to 302 with the Braves. Like he hit seven with each team, but he played 78 games with Cleveland and 33 with Atlanta. So he did find, you know, he he really got going with Atlanta, but we don't know where he's going to be either. He is somebody that I'll probably move up a handful of spots when I see where he lands, if it's a good landing spot. But as it stands right. team's going to pay him, it's likely going to be a team that has a, Pretty, I mean, because most of the contending teams have pretty decent stadiums. He he should be on a team that's like pretty solid with a pretty firm role to at least be a strong side platoon guy. Um, but I mean, I like the guys I have around him, like just below. Uh, he's just below Joe Adele, who's like a power speed guy. Adelise Garcia, Charlie Blackman, uh, Michael Brantley, Michael Conforto, Avisel Garcia, Andrew Vaughn. So I don't know. Um, I can move him up a little, but I don't know that I could get higher than like 50 at the high end for Rosario. And you got him 28. Yeah, I dropped him down to 34. Justin Winker drops down, and then he goes back up. Um, I I got a big group of like power speed guys there that I I think I trust the speed more than Rosario's. Uh, 11 steals because he, he stole nine with Cleveland, but then just two with Atlanta. 
And I think that is a, a philosophical thing. Cleveland running more, Atlanta not needing to send him, but the power turned up. So, I mean, would you like to see him back with Atlanta? Would you like them to... to see him back with Atlanta? I wonder if um, they would do that. They still have Duvall, and then right now we have Drew Waters and Christian Pache penciled in. Do they want to go with two rookies? Well, and you have to assume that... Oh, yeah, and Acuna will come back, obviously. I'm Acuna will be back, and, and probably Ozuna... Um, oh yeah, that has to get settled. Yeah. So there probably isn't room for Rosario then. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean the DH, the National League, but I think they probably bring back Soler in that yeah. in that regard. Um, yeah. So, I think so. Uh, I think I think Rosario ends up on a different team. I think he could be a guy that ends up on a National League team uh, that you know might be looking for a DH kind of uh, spot. So maybe. You know, a team like the Phillies might be interesting for him. Um, sure. You know, or a team like maybe my Giants. I don't... He does feel like a Giants guy, and I feel yeah. like he would dominate with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would make sense. So, so we'll, we'll see where Rosario lands. So I, many I'm, bad teams in the National League. Oh my there, god, there really are. Oh, I'm open Miami. to moving him up a bit. I think that's an interesting fit, but that park will hurt. Yeah. Yeah, the park. Winner. I think it, I think it could make him a little bit more Clevelandy, mm-hmm. where he had seven nine seven and nine. So I think he could run a little bit more with Miami, but not as much power. And maybe we want that. Maybe you trade a few of the homers for the speed. And what you're really looking for from Rosario is health. But yeah, I agree. Miami needs to be in on some guys like that to try to, uh, you know, get get some get some good outfield. They do have Blade and Meisner on the cusp. I do think I do think Blade will be with the team. Uh, Pretty early this year, Meisner might might get a little bit more time at AAA, but that's that doesn't mean that they don't have space. They have right now Lewis Brinson, Brian De La Cruz, and Jesus Sanchez. I think Sanchez is the Lewis only one Brinson, there. Brinson, com- baby. No, stop that. Let's do it. Sanchez is the only one with this a committed year, role Cedric there. Mullins. Oh my God, gross! You're better off not doing a Cedric Mullins thing if if that's who he you're. He cut picking. the strikeout rate by two points. That's his huge swing, for him. His swing strike rate went up. How dare his walk you? walk rate went down. Lewis Brinson, stop. He'll have a great spring and trick people. Let's move over to... 82% zone contact percentage. I, 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 can't, I can't deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Michael Conforto. You got him at 38. Um, he's a free agent right now. We don't know exactly where he's going to go. He's coming off of a disastrous season. About the last thing you want to do during a, uh, a walk year is... Hit 232, 344, 384 with 14 homers and an injury-addled season. But that's exactly what Conforto did. So, you, but you still, you still got him in your top 40, which is showing a measure of belief in him. I know we don't know where he's going to be, so that's going to be a big part of the the question yeah, to be answered. Wherever he goes, it's not going to be worse than the Mets park, right? I, I wouldn't think so. But what what do you what do you see from him? Do you, do you see a bounce back? Are, are you are you thinking that this is a injury washout kind of year? Or do you think that there's uh, anything to be long-term concerned about? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I Probably, again, another guy I should probably drop a, a fair amount. But I've always just had this like belief that Conforto is going to have a breakout year one of these years. Um, and, uh, you I know, mean, he did in, in 2019, yeah, and to kind of do what he did in 2019... Uh, I do kind of give you know him a little bit of a break because of the injuries, but at the same time, he's been a guy that like tends to get nicked up 
though, I mean, he put up back-to-back 600-plate appearance seasons in 18 and 19. Yeah, he's, and then, he'd found some health, and he played all of the 20, all, yeah, 20, 20 for, for what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a 30-homer bat, especially in a better park. Uh, and I think he's a guy who could probably, you know, steal double-digit bags. Oh, uh, maybe not. Maybe steal. Eh, nah, he, six, he sprinkles seven, in a, a handful. What? What about him? I think he's got speed. I just don't think they let him run. In. Uh, what about him going to the Marlins? But, Again, they they could use some impact bat bats, uh, and I think Conforto I, could be. A, he, I mean, he turned down the qualifying offer, so I think he's looking for a. A bigger deal than maybe Miami's going to be willing to give. Maybe he's just looking a long, longer term though, because I don't really weird that think... he turned down. Maybe he just wanted out of New York. Yeah, maybe he wanted out of New York and just wants a multi-year. Because I don't think he's beating nineteen mil per year. I don't year. think he is either. No I, shot, right? It doesn't it didn't make much sense to me. Uh, yeah. Sprint speed's like league average. Okay, so it it has to be a I'm looking for a multi-year thing. Yeah, I, I didn't quite understand it. Or a, I don't want to tamper my market by having a pick attached to me. Maybe because we're we're seeing we're seeing that with the Mets themselves today. Oh wait, no, he ha- never mind. I'm an idiot. He does have it because yeah, yeah, he does have it. They yeah. offered it to him. I'm a dummy. I was the, Met, the Mets said silly. today they will not. They're not going after anybody with a pick attached to them. Wow. So Billion. that's good. Billion dollar owner. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be out a lot. They're not going to go after any of the big free agents. Again, it gets tired, but it is so true. Mets going to Mets. You know, mm-hmm. it, be, it becomes a little bit of a hack phrase, but the way they keep doing it, I mean, how do they let Aaron Loop walk for for that for that deal? I know relievers like you don't usually get too hung up on trying to resign them, but a quality lefty, and I don't think he's making too. I, I like that signing for for the Angels. They they got. Thor and Loop so far. They're they're having a good offseason thus far. But yeah, with Conforto, I think he's kind of similar to Rosario in terms of skills. And, uh, you know, he's that, that power guy with a decent average. And he doesn't chip in as many steals, but I think it's the same kind of vibe. He'll be 29. We got to see where he lands. But you're believing that he can come back. The market yeah. has him. I am dropping him, though. I'm gonna The market has him 51st. You're at 38. You're going to drop oh, him. I just dropped him to 48. Okay, and I have him 54, so we're right around the same area there. Right with the Michael Brantley. And that's where I, I have I have him right ahead of Michael Brantley. So I have Michael Brantley at 55. Maybe that's too low. I don't know. Um, let's move over to Anthony Santander, My who boy. you have at 40. Now, He's this is one. because I've moved. What, 39 because of some shifts already. This is one where I could certainly see you bringing me over to your side. Cause I like Santander. Um, I got him a bit lower right now. Uh, we're 12 spots apart. I got him at 52. Talk to me about the uh, the Baltimore Oriole. He had the nice little, uh, he had the good 20, which you know how much do we put into that? Because it's 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 a two month season. He had 20 homers in tw- in 2019 in just 93 games. So he started hinting at that power, but it came with a sub 300 OBP. And then he was back to that guy this past year dealing with injuries in a, in just 110 games. So who's the real guy here going into his age 27 season? What can we look for out of Anthony Santander that has him 40th on your list? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a legit 30 home run bat in a full season. Uh, question is, can he get to that full season? Um, yeah. And this is definitely an aggressive ranking, um, and I probably should come down on him 
but an 84% zone contact percentage from a power hitter uh, is uh, pretty decent to see. Uh, I love the park. I love him being on a team like the Orioles where I know he's going to play every day. We're not yes. worried about him losing playing time if he does struggle at times. Uh, you know, had a, you know, just an injury-riddled season, but came on at the end of the season strong, getting 12 home runs in the second half. Uh, yeah, I think I think Santander is a guy that um, is going to have a breakout season. Uh, I I'm not in. I don't buy into the the age 27 season thing, <laughs> uh, and I don't think anybody should. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kinda, I think a lot of people probably don't even know what you're talking about because it has faded. That, that, that's probably not even for for those I, of I, you who I, are I younger. Hope, by the way, I, when, I hope it has faded. And I, I would hope too, uh, but the contract year thing hasn't faded, um, and we we know that's kind of BS as well. So it used to be back in the day, people would write articles about who are the age 27 players because that mm-hmm. was the prime time to break out, and you know we now know the amount of data that breakouts tend to actually happen younger and it's it, 27 isn't a real thing but it was like this idea that guys become real men at age 27 for some yeah reason. there was magic powers and well, i can and assure plus... you at the age of 35 or i'm actually 37 um i i have not yet become a real man so <laughs> i can't wait i'm still looking forward to it yeah um guys came up later back then too so 27 mm-hmm. was usually kind of like around their third year um there probably is still something to maybe like that third year maybe be in there but the, but the actual age varies so much that you can't use it as any sort of shorthand but yeah that is a throwback old fantasy uh, fantasy trope for sure but santander will be 27 does not uh, mean he will automatically break out but the power that he's consistently displayed could definitely mean that and i agree with you that he he looks like a 30 homer bat here he just needs to find some health and if he can play 140 plus games 30 and 100 could be doable because yeah Playing in Baltimore, that offense really turns up in the With summer. Cedric Mullins right in front of him. Yes, and Mountcastle, who you referenced yeah. earlier, and uh, I like you know, a Trey lot Mancini. of the Orioles. I do too. I do too. Hayes is there. You know, somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, Ramon Urias, uh, mm-hmm. Luis's brother, someone I started to pay a little bit more attention to this this off season. Uh, where I'm like, hey, maybe there's a little something going there for him. But yeah, they're going to bring up Adley as well. So Santander, you got him at 40. The market has him at 63. I moved him down to 45. Uh, okay. Just just because of the health. Um, and I moved him up to 50. So yeah, we're, we're closer right there. Because yeah. I, I, I like him. I like him quite a bit. Plus, he has uh, like French-sounding name, which, which Santander. always... Santander. Yeah, that, that always, uh, you know, hits me. Yeah, right don't say heart. Santander. Sound, I, sound I, I mess it up all the time. Like uncultured swine. It's I know. Sentender. You think since I speak some French, I, I, would, I would pronounce it right. But yeah, Come on. Pick up the pace here. Um, all right. Last one for this episode. Then we'll get to more outfield. Because i got to challenge you on some unranked guys especially. But uh, we'll get to that later. Akil Badu is who we're finishing with. You got him 60th. And uh, I'm, a, I'm an irate Tigers fan. I'm here to say that that's too low. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I didn't know where you were going to go with this one. If it was too yeah, low, too I, high. I, I think it's too low. I'm going to give you a couple things about him. First so off. you think I should Badu and not Badont? Correct. I think you absolutely should Badu and never Badont. Um, market is way higher. They got him at 42. Uh, he finished 48th last year among outfielders. I got him up. I mean, I got him, I got him pretty high. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I got him at 36. Whoa. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm going to tell you what. So the in-season transformation was really impressive. Remember, like, he got off – he got going, like, the first, like, week or two uh, where he was kind of this this flash. Look at this guy. But he was striking out a ton and and not walking and really just flailing. But, but he was making contact and the ball was landing. In season, he transformed himself with his strikeout and walk rate and really became a much sharper guy at the dish. Remember, this is a Rule 5 pick who's 22 years old, figuring it out on the fly. And I was so impressed by that because I was telling people, like, be careful with this. This is flash in the pan. It's nothing unless he fixes these plate skills. Well, lo and behold, he did, which I thought maybe would happen like next year. I was like, if he, unless he fixes these plate skills down the line, he said, how about I do it in season in April, 44% strikeout rate, 3% walk rate rest of the way, 24% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate with a 756 OPS in that time. Next big step for him is improving against lefties. But even as just a, uh, platoon, a strong side platoon guy, I think he can be a 2020 guy. His full season paces out to 17 and 24. Uh, he did have that collision with Derek Hill, which ate up some time, plus some missed games against lefties because of his ineptitude against them. But you're talking about a 23-year-old with power and speed who really improved his played skills. I'm I'm betting big on Badu here. Um, I'm obviously not going to push him too high uh, with where I have him in my ranking, I'll take what the market gives me there since I'm about 10 spots higher than the market, but I'm ready to pounce on Badu, especially if I need that, that mid round speed. If, if say I got like a Freddie Freeman early or somebody in that vein, like a Nolan Arenado, Badu is somebody I can make up some of that speed late on, I believe, uh, with what he showed this past year. Yeah. I honestly didn't realize he stole 18 bases. Yeah, um, he, he did well. 18 for 22 as well, so like very good success rate. Yeah, um, you're having me uh, push him up a little bit. Uh, yes, I'm not going to get up to you know 17 like you've got him. Um, I don't have him at 36. <laughs> Jesus, Paul's taking him in the first round and everything. Um, yeah, I got him. I got him right behind Jordan Alvarez. I thought. Yeah. I thought. That you know, sense. that makes sense. Yeah, because, well, you can take them back to back. You go Alvarez for the power, Badu for the speed. <laughs> no, 36 in between Hunter Renfro and Dylan Carlson. And Dylan you got him Carlson, then. I, wow. You know um, I love Dylan Carlson. I know. I, know you I, I, I was thinking about so. moving him right in front of Dylan Carlson, and I have Dylan Carlson at 51. That's fine. Um, I think moving him up to 50 or 51 uh, a nice nine ten spot jump. That's something. I think you'll continue to move him up. I, I, I believe as you as you further study, I could see a further move up. But uh, I, I will I will gladly take a nine ten point boost just on my sales pitch alone. Yeah, no, I, I, I've done it. I, I've moved him up to Excellent. fifty. So uh, yeah, I like the fact that he even sort of pulled the ball a little bit more in the second mm-hmm. half uh, as well. Uh, elevates the ball enough where I'm I'm not. Uh, super worried there's going to be any sort of power outage. Makes decent enough zone contact. Uh, you know, it's 78.6%. It's a little bit below a, a league average, but, you know. I wonder what it is from May 1st on, because, again, that April was, can, was very can, swing heavy. I can tell you that. From May 1st on, we have dun, 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 81.4%. We're loving that. Boom. Um, so that's... Uh, I want to say league average is around 83, 84%. That's contact so. in the zone. Mm-hmm. And, and what would you say league average is? It's, I believe, around 
84, 85, something like that. So he's a little That's bit right. below Badu is, but That's consider... okay when you're getting power. Exactly, when you're getting power um, and consider, yeah, 85% is, is the league average, 84.6, round up to 85. Um, and consider the the growth that he had as the season went on. Maybe he continues to improve that. He'll be 23 next year. So I'm very excited about Badu. Um it's a lot of fun when a rule five pick turns out to be something more than just like somebody who can stick on the roster and actually maybe be somebody special. And I think Badu is that. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap us up there. A little bit of outfield chatter. I think we got some some movement there on, on both ends and we'll get into some deeper guys next time. Um, hopefully with some news added, we're going we're gonna to go on Friday. The site's, site's dark on Thursday and Friday, but we'll throw a pot up for those uh, that are going to have a weekend with some time available. So we'll get that done and we'll dive deeper on these outfielders. Like I said, I got some I got some big challenges for you on the unranked. I, I can't believe you didn't rank at least one of those guys there. You can probably guess who it My is. My boy. Is this that among the four, is, is Edward Oliveras your boy? Yes, I think so. Right. All right. I mean, I think he's, I think he's the fantasy community's boy because yeah, we he's all everybody's boy lived um, and died with his nine hundred ups and downs. But yeah, we'll get into him. You didn't even rank him. You don't have to defend it right now. We'll talk about it uh, along with some other things. And by the way, a little update: um, Saya Suzuki. We talked about him last time. I think he's supposed to be posted like today or tomorrow. So it's advancing oh, even, add him even further. That's he's gonna be an interesting guy to rank. We we need to uh, we need we need to chat with Tim McLeod get some get some further info on him yeah, too. Yeah, we should have Tim on. We absolutely should do that. We should we should make December some some guest heavy content. Yes, yes, we should. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, that offline. We also have uh, uh, we can talk about that during our our team meeting today. We got a little team meeting action oh, later nice. this afternoon. Um, yeah, so two thirty central. Don't forget that. But Justin. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you the day after, and we'll talk about some uh, some Black Friday bargains in the outfield market. Absolutely. Take it easy. I made fun of you not wanting to make it a thing to pick this year's Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Well, I mean. And then I said that I'm going to gaslight people into thinking that I was the one who came up with it. And <laughs> it's going to 
It's going to become my thing. <laughs> she did an article about this year's Cedric Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> when I picked Cedric Mullins. And then just, yeah, just fully be like, last year when I was assessing things, I really keyed in on Cedric Mullins. <laughs> what I liked is, you know. Hi- hyperlink, hyperlink, like the when I picked to your it, it directly <laughs> yeah. to my Twitter. <laughs> exactly. And they'll be like, I did a great job last year. Everyone gave me accolades, and I appreciated that. So for this year's, um, here's who I'm picking. <laughs> yeah, because I said, you know, you're, you've got a thing that's like so marketable, and you don't want it. So fuck you. I'm gonna take it. 